What's up, Florin family? Welcome to the huddle. Come at you every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Central, to discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. With me, as usual, Mr. Daniel and Jose Gonzalez from Preferred Flooring in Grand Rapids, Michigan. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Going on. Just, um, you know, kind of winding down the year. and <laughs> it looks pretty quiet behind you today. It's it's pretty quiet. We've had, uh, I don't know about up there, but we've had a lot of uh, people sick at the flooring company and some here too. So we're, we're chugging along though. Ashlyn is uh, absent today with um, her little girl, my granddaughter, getting her um, some teeth work done. So yeah. Excited to announce we're going to be in person next week up in up in Michigan with with uh, the preferred flooring guys. So we're going to be running the podcast from up there. So if you're if you're um, watching this right now, we're going to be doing um, some Q and A. Just actually more like a roundtable, open discussion uh, surrounding Go Carrera with installer input experiences. Likes, dislikes, things you'd like to see. Um, all the input, what like anything that they can think <laughs> of. Hey, it, I was I had this idea that this app would do this. Like any input is good input. Yeah, every bit of input is welcomed. I mean, I really hope we have a lot of people show up live, but um, if you're not able to make it live, um, we're going to be sending. Uh, Zoom link out to anybody who wants to join that discussion. So yeah. email us over at support at gocarrera.com, put in the in the subject line GC meetup, and we will um, send you a link so you can join via Zoom. So this week is uh, kind of a fun topic. It's I, I think it's from a store and installer relations standpoint, probably one of the more important topics actually is, you know, setting up projects for success for installer success. And what does that mean for everybody and kind of discuss different, different ways uh, we've went about it in, in the past, <laughs> uh, how we look at it today. And, you know, I, I have the pleasure of getting to know a lot of different flooring companies in different parts of the nation and and share some of of what i've heard in discussions with them um on how they how how to properly set up an installer for success on a job uh which is the kind of the crux of the topic so i'm gonna kick it off to you guys how'd you used to do it let's start to the fun stuff um or how did it used to be done for you well i when we we had um a couple guys in here what maybe a month ago um interviewing us for a new uh i think not they're a nonprofit, right yeah this is not it's nonprofit. called construction allies in action or something like yeah. that and they're trying to get a group of contractors together that are trusted so that way when these you know these bids come out they're like if they want that elite group or whatever this is who they go to and he asked uh he said how how do you guys feel about how you became, you know, this 
to this point. And I, and I said, really, it was by accident because we didn't have anything set up. It was it, like everything that's happened so far has been by accident. And, and, and take that with, with a grain of salt, right? Like it's uh, taking an opportunity of, of it's you guys taking action on opportunities in front of you is what it is. Correct. And, and, and when we say on accident and it's because, uh, um, and, and when I was part of, uh, uh, Kyle's, uh, mastermind, um, the accident thing was only because we didn't document every step of the way in our process, right? So the accident thing comes because uh, if we were to hand this over tomorrow, it it cannot be duplicated. Um, and that's where the accident comes from. Uh, happy accident, <laughs> don't get me wrong, right? Strategic accident, and like you said, capitalizing on, on opportunities, but um, couldn't be duplicated if we were to end right, right now, tomorrow, if that was the case. Uh, and we are trying to fix all of that. There's a lot. There's a lot involved, but there is a lot to it. I I started documenting way too late myself here at Go Career. We have playbooks for everything, so that when somebody's not able to be here, that somebody else can step in, follow the playbook, and and still execute. So, you know, a lot of this um, documenting or putting together training systems and programs with playbooks. I think a lot of us who started the way we did, which is just some installers who got either fed up or had this grandiose idea of what it was like to be a business owner and decided to go out and start their own stuff, uh, you know, and and probably got kicked in the teeth, uh, I would assume, like I did multiple, multiple times. But, you know, logging those those things, we use a platform for the companies out there, we use a platform called Talent LMS. And that's what every one of it's it's a really good piece of software. It's affordable. It's one of the better training softwares out there. And you can document every single step of we're going through now trying to get more granular with it. Um, so that every step above everything that we do is logged in there so anybody can get in there and learn. So when you new hire or if somebody needs a refresher and you can see which courses are taken and all that. So that's kind of from the company side, but setting up installers for say for project success. Did you guys ever put, you know, how do you do that when you first started or how did you do that when you first started and what lessons have you learned? How have you gotten better? So I would say when we first started, it was uh, Daniel or I was on the project and I started with a notebook, right? Like I would, uh, I would take notes um, from the start of the project and this is labor only, right? This is just me as an installer. Um, I would, I would take extra notes, uh, write things down while I was uh, on the phone with everyone. And I would pretty much have a game plan there, right? Put it together. Hey, we're going to go here. This is what we have. This is our start date. This is our deadline. You know, and, you know, I would say 70% of the time I went in blind on some of the projects because I didn't have time to visit projects. Um, and we just have to deal with it as we got there. That was pretty much the best. And well, how did companies deal with you? Because if you're doing labor only, you were working for other companies. So how did they set you up for success without, you know, maybe blasting anybody, but like, was, 
there's certainly some stories there on um, good things that were done and and things that could have been improved upon and and maybe some lessons you've learned. I've 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 got some stories there too. I think I learned that working for an X installer was way more efficient than doing projects for a salesperson who had no installation background. Um, the X installers would set you up for the best chance of success that they possibly could with the information that they had. Um, and the salesperson would just set you up with a, sometimes not even a work order, just a, like a handwritten note. And that was so, it. So go deeper. What, what did the, what's the, what did, what was the good part? How did they set you up for success? I knew what product I was working with right ahead of time. Um, I knew location of the project, obviously. Um, knew what companies we were working with, whether it was uh, uh, PPE required. Um, uh, the that's pretty much it. That was those were the the basics of, of what we had. Um, as far as site conditions, um, that had evolved as the relationship got got better, right? Because I would start asking more questions. Uh, what are we tearing up? I guess that I would have that information too. If we had demo, um, you know, or if there was extensive prep, I would have that information as well. Well, um, and when it was uh, an X installer like Bob, Bob would, you know, come in and be like, "Hey, we're this we're ripping out carpet. It's this brand. It's gonna be stuck. Yeah. Stuck. Make sure you got your machine with you." Yeah. When if it's just a, a salesperson, they'd be like, "You're ripping up carpet. Like, what's the difference? Carpet's carpet. Well, carpet towel or Broadloom." I don't know. It's carpet. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why does it make a difference? Well, because of what we're installing next. Like we, there are different steps that we have to take. Um, but that was all the notebook and getting better at asking the right questions. And then as I got better or annoying at asking those questions, they actually got better at taking notes and delivering information all at once at the beginning. So um, we helped each other get better. Um, but yeah, when I first started, um, some of the stuff that was tough to get through was uh, materials, where they're at, who's picking them up, yeah. like all that kind of thing. Um, some some people I'd work for, I'd be not knowing so, and you know I can't can't act as though we're not guilty of this sometimes even still but every single job i would go to three or four different supply houses picking stuff up because you know here in wichita anyway not all your product you know not one distributor handled all the product mm. and so i'd go to the store and pick up the actual flooring then i'd run over to you know what's now ej welch and pick up the the tax strip if I was doing residential or the patch that I needed and then over here to and it was like running around and as I got better when I worked for better companies having all my stuff at the store if I'm going to deliver it having all my stuff at the store I go pick up a pallet maybe two pallets and I'm off to the job site so having the product staged if I'm picking up was a a big plus uh huge bonus is if it's delivered to the job site and acclimated yeah. properly and all of that stuff. And that, that wasn't as big of a concern back in the day for some reason. Now I, I really, I'm not sure that I understand why that was, 
it was just, it's, there's so much more emphasis on it since I've been in business since, you know, 903, 9903. Um, and I say that because I actually started in 99 and bought my partner out in 03. But um, back when I was subbing like that late nineties time, I'd pick up VCT from someone's warehouse and go install it that same day, you know, didn't matter what the site conditions from a humidity standpoint. Right. Of course, we've 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 talked about all the adhesive changes. Um, so that's certainly part of it. But I think that, you know, the materials probably are just not as high quality when you're talking about like VCT and stuff as it used to be. But um, you know, huge bonus is getting it on the job site with a written work order um back then. Dynamic work orders today are available and those are even better where you can share information back and forth and site conditions back and forth and and have that information be live. But back then that wasn't available and, you know, just getting a work order with materials on a pallet ready for me to pick up was a huge win from what I had experienced of running around to a bunch of distributors trying to pick up materials and takes me two hours before I get to the job site and nobody wants to pay for that. Right. And it, you know what the logistic portion of it too, like that is something that has always been a pain in the butt, right? You know, I think it always will be if there's no communication about it because now you're getting ready to start the project and it's a large project and you're right. If you have thousands upon thousands of square feet, then you would like, like, why didn't the semi just get uh, routed that way and delivered right to site? Like yeah. why? Because because then then they got to pay the drop fee on them dropping everything off on site. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or but, or the GC is not going to let you have a, a truckload of material on site, so you got to take it to your place. But the uh, picking it up, like after a couple times, and I say a couple times, like after a couple years of dealing with it, hit and miss, it it was more or less. This is what needs to happen, guys. If we're working with uh, X material, uh, either you guys need to get it to site or we'll do our best to get it to site before we start the project. So that way, when we do start, it's acclimated. Um, that there used to be an expectation that that's what we were going to do. But then um, as years passed, I'm like, hey, you know what? If you're not building in delivery into some of your margins, that's not my fault. Like. My job is to, as an installer, is to get to the site and try to get it installed, right? Um, yes and no. Yes and no, guys. Um, it's my job to make sure that the proper steps are being taken with the final product in order for us to be successful as well as the store. Um, sure. I, I think I went through a different, a couple of different mindsets of that just to kind of meet in the middle and, and figure it out. Yeah, a lot. Today... You know, and we've gotten better at site deliveries. Um, <clears throat> we try to have all the materials on site acclimated prior to, or we have an acclimation zone at our warehouse um, where, you know, if it's just impossible to get the materials out there the day before, maybe it's an occupied space, we'll acclimate it as close as we can in humidity and temperature. And then just a car ride over or a truck ride over to the job site and try to, you know, always trying to make sure we're acclimating materials and putting the product on the job site. Um, you know, I think another step to this in today's world is, you know, we all do on-screen takeoffs. So making sure that 
the installer has accurate installation information. Um, and they don't have to, you know, dig through all the drawings. Uh, we're still get, trying to get better and better at that, where if you have a huge project and you got all these drawings, don't just give all the drawings, whether it's a digital format or you print them out and give yeah. them to, you know, give them the whole set of architectural drawings. Uh, we try to give them our takeoff and make sure that takeoff's accurate. One of the key points there is, you know, making sure that if you draw lines on your takeoff that you're, you're, and they're just indicator lines, make sure the installer knows that doesn't mean that that's the direction that the tile goes. Yeah. You know, there's things like that. You got to be really careful of these days with on-screen programs. And uh, we've learned our lesson on some of that stuff. I mean, I won't tell you we're perfect. We made mistakes where, you know, stuff looks like it's supposed to be set on a diagonal or, <laughs> you know, because those are just indicator lines. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, right. And uh, we've done know, the same. We set, we set it on a diagonal and they're like, this is supposed to be straight lay random set. LVT. And that's what I started doing, like in the description on the actual product. Like if it calls it out in the in the print on the finish schedule, I'm putting this is, you know, the manufacturer, the name of the material, the color, and how it's supposed to be installed right on yeah. that line item. Yeah, the direction and everything. Yeah. Try to do our best to save time so that way people like we were stuck on the phone a lot trying to, all right, <laughs> glue's ready. We're ready to install. What direction is it? Uh, uh, you look at the paperwork, nothing, right? It's like, oh, you know what? I never asked. So the salesperson's got to call, try to get a hold of the GC and then the owner or the architect or designer. Yeah, the more we can, the better we can be as a company in relaying the accurate information on the products, the direction, giving them installation instructions, making sure they know ahead of time what trial they need before they um you know install before they go to install that day so they make sure they have the right trial notches especially if it's a special you know 16th square notch or something nutty um you know having that information there ahead of time so they can already procure the the tools that they need um those are all things where the more you can have an installing crew doing the what they're really good at, which is installing and not picking up materials and and moving stuff around. And if they do pick up materials, and we still have to have that happen pretty, you know, frequently. Um, you know, on large on our large projects, we typically get them to the site. But if you got a one day tenant finish they're probably going to pick it up at our warehouse. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of those just don't have any space to put the the product on and let it stage, you know, stick in the hall, a uh, commons hallway or something, you know, you can't do that. So, but having it ready and where somebody can wheel it out, put it on a, on their truck and go um, that, that helps the installer do what they are best at. Um even moving materials around on job sites, you know, we do our very best to, you know, have a centralized location to where they're not hauling it miles away. Um, if it's out in a connex or something like that, we want to be able to get them in, get into the building as best as possible or as close to the building. But there's still those times where it's in a connex, 
it has to be in a conex. There's no no room on the job site. And so the installer does have to kind of plan on, hey, I got to grab 60 boxes of wall tile yep. out of the conex this morning, right out of the gate. Um, so it's a teamwork. I mean, you know, I don't want to exclude the responsibility from the installer that, you know, they, it, there's, they have a, a part in the team, but uh, the more we can do to just have them install the better. That's, yeah, that's my belief. And, and you're right about, you're right about the teamwork. And that's uh, what I was saying earlier about the going back and forth. Like I didn't want to deal with it and it was okay. Never mind. I will deal with the, the, the logistic portion or like you said, rotating material out of a conex uh, for one, depending on what it is. So it can acclimate, making sure that it's in a conex where it's not going to get too hot. Uh, and then relaying that information to everyone, the team, the GC, the salesperson, uh, your crews that are with you. Like that's a lot of information, right? And as soon as you don't relay information for one or two days, uh, everyone's going to be in the dark on that third day. And yeah. you got to make sure that you, you stay on top of it. Yeah, there's some, uh, I won't name any names, but I've visited with some companies who go as far as like the installer doesn't even move materials from the Connex. Like they will make sure they are good. If they pull this off, they're really, really good. Um, and I, I'd love to get this good, if I'm honest. Uh, but if they got materials in a Connex, those materials are staged that the evening before by someone at their office, I assume their warehouse people go and stage that material for the installer. So the installer is literally prepping, sanding, laying. I mean, like that is uh, now, if you're doing LVT or something, it's got to be got into the building. So whether that's the installer or the company doing that the day before, you need to acc acclimate the materials, but it's uh you know, we try to do that in, in a week by week basis as, as opposed to a day by day basis. Um, but man, if you can pull that off and just have your everything right there ready for the installer, kudos to you. That's that's really tough. And we have more than one warehouse guy. You know, we got two warehouse guys and a manager and we we still can't pull that off. Um, so we're looking at systems and ways of of getting better still. Um, I think that from a retail standpoint, I wanted to know, I know a lot of the guys pick up materials retail wise from a, from the retailer on the way out to the job site or, you know, the morning of the job. So what are some, have you guys dealt with that? I mean, when you're doing, when you used to do work for retailers or how does, how does that work if you guys are doing a house? Yeah. So the residential is a little bit different, right? Like a lot of people don't have the space needed to stage uh, the material there. And sometimes when we do stage material there, if we're, if we're installing like an LVP or something like that, we do try to get it there a few days ahead of schedule or, or if we're starting on a Monday, drop it off on a Friday. Um, the problem is, is that we aren't always able to put it in the space where the work is going to be performed. So we'll be staging it in their garage um, or in their basement, but we're doing the main level, you know, mm -hmm. wherever and, and that's the hard part. Um, 
the majority of the carpet jobs, we are not dropping off rolls of carpet uh, and 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 then staging them there. We're that's going to be a just like uh, the retail shops. They come yeah. pick it up here and then take it to the project. Yeah. And so, sometimes it's a matter of them going and uh, doing the demo and ripping everything out, bringing the trash here, grabbing the carpet on the way back, so that way it's only in you know the elements you know in their vehicle for the drive here to the house and i think all the houses that all, all the residential that we've done has been i don't know probably within 20 minutes half hour or so yeah some some couple of places a little bit over 45 minutes or around that mark but yeah um and of course you're stretching that you don't have quite as much concern with shrinkage and things like that if you although it's a heck of a hard stretch i've I've been there on cold carpet, but yeah. you guys keep your warehouse heated or yeah. 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 100%. And, and uh, we don't keep it like you would keep your home, right? We, we keep it, you know, between 55 and 62. So that way it's not too cold, not too warm. No, but when there is those projects, like you guys have that spacing that you said, like if it's, you know, a project like that, it's, we got to have it 70 in the warehouse for yeah. a couple of days. And, we, and we've done that. We staged the material for a Monday on a Friday in the center of the warehouse and cranked up the heat over the whole weekend just so that way we could keep it as close to the temperature of someone with their home or, or the, the facility over the weekend. Try to. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. And the manufacturers don't understand that, I don't think. I, I They're pretty strict on these acclimation, you know, timeframes and you know, particularly residential, but even on, like I said, some of the small, you know, tenant, you know, few thousand foot of LVT and a tenant space kind of work, we're putting it, we're pulling it into the office on a pallet. We keep skinny pallet jack or pallets and pallet jack for that reason, get it into the office. We have this open space where we'll, we've had five, six pallets in there before acclimating to get to a job site. So, cause they, they had no room. So you just kind of got to do what you got to do, but. Right. And it's communicating too. Like if there's, you know, things happen, if it gets to a point where this wasn't acclimated, Hey, you get this to the job site, you open these boxes and start spreading them out in piles everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Start shuffling. Yeah. What are some other stuff that uh, you think is key for, we've talked about, you know, getting materials to the site as best as we can. If not to the site, at least having them ready or staged in one warehouse location would be, you know, at least um, better than running around to a bunch of distributors with different conditions at every distributor. Um, and then we've talked about proper documentation so they know what they're installing, where, mm -hmm. which direction, all that kind of stuff. What other things can you... I think you kind of touched on a communication being available for them for questions, that kind of stuff. Uh, and um, having the contact that's going to be on site, like, like that was really one, one thing I hated when I would, I would show up somewhere and then it's like, well, no one's here. And then you got to call the person, Hey, who, who am I supposed to call? Oh, I don't even, I don't even know. Let me try and get a hold of this person. It's like, that's one thing that we try to put on every work order now is the contact that's going to be on site that you have to call. Call them when you're on your way. 
call them when you get there, ask them where you need to park, you know, things like that. That way mm -hmm. it's not a matter of, Hey, I'm here. Where are you at? Oh, they didn't tell me you were going to be here. It's, Hey, we'll be there in a half hour. Plan accordingly. Right. And, and then to touch on that too, it's communicating with the projects before the day you're supposed to start. Um, is close enough, make a site visit, uh, talk to the GC, talk to uh, the site contact, make sure that they understand where you're starting, right? Because that should be pre-planned. Uh, you're not just going to go there uh, on, a, on a large project, large, very large project, and just wing it, right? You're going to want, like, this is where I'm starting, usually on a schedule for you anyway, but, um, you know, uh, this is where I'm starting. This is the size of the crew I have. Are you ready for that? Oh, yes, we are. Okay, cool. Or, no, we're not. Uh, what do you have ready? Uh, we have this much. All right. Well, what I'm going to do is I'll call you back in a little bit. I'm going to downsize my crew, find somewhere else for them to go. We'll get you these people or this crew and uh, we'll get started on that area right here. But I need to know when the rest is expected to be ready. So that way I know when to ramp back up. So it, yeah, that it, proper planning with your contractor, your client, that's a key, key point as well. Maybe the most important point, because it doesn't matter how good you are delivering materials and having a crew scheduled if they get there and nothing's ready for them mm -hmm. because there was no planning done ahead of time. Uh, and even when you do plan, there's a guarantee you guys have witnessed it like myself, or at least I hope I'm not the only one that has been promised an area, uh, told it's cleaned out, even been sent pictures proving it's cleaned out and you get there that next morning and not ready or there's 10 trades in your way. So yeah, with, with us, I think that's, that's the biggest thing is yeah, they'll clean it out and everything for you, but then you show up and everyone else wants to work in the same area. Oh, they just clean this. It's area clean. clean. <laughs> They're like, there's nothing in my way either. <laughs> got all this room for activities. Let's, let's start a party. Yeah, I think that it's uh, production rates are another part. Um, we've had times where both ways where we've said we got a, our crew will be there tomorrow morning and they have way too much area expected to be done. And then we've had it to where they give them a, a thousand foot hallway and we got four guys there and we're like, we could do six of these today if you just <laughs> if you get out of the way. Um, so, you know, kind of understanding the crew size, like you were talking about Jose, that's needed for the job. That's all part of the proper planning. Mm -hmm. You remember the six P's? I have it written piss, down in my book. Proper planning oh, prevents proper planning. piss poor production. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that all boils down to communication, obviously, and how important it is to communicate with your GC about your your the crew you're sending's capability so you can get the proper amount of space opened up for it um that's not a fail you know fail safe i mean it's still we i can't you know i love my gcs but i cannot count how many times we've been to a job and had enough work for a few hours and then they want to move something and let you get this next little piece and then move something else and it's like I get it. We're disruptive, but we've been doing flooring for centuries. We, we know we need the whole space. So you're not new to this, Mr. GC, please get out of our way and allow us to do our job. We did nobody figures on going in and turning a wide open room into a nine phased project. 
Right. And, and, and I tell people all the time, I need the floor to do the floor. Right. Like if you're only going to give me that little bit, like now I have to do that little bit. It's going to take me five hours, to do that little piece when I could have done this in five hours. You ever get the comeback that your contract says you got to work with other trades. It's clear in there. You're going to have to work with other trades and communicate with them and back and forth. You ever yeah, get those? Yep. And we've also got like, they say that. And then they're like, why don't you guys just come in and work at night? And it's like, why doesn't everyone else just come in and work at night? <laughs> yeah. That solves that problem too. <laughs> why, why is it always a flooring guy? Bottom of the barrel, man. Just, you know. Well, the truth is I, I that that can be the stigma, but truth is we're, we're, we take up the most square footage of space when we are working. You know we, what I mean? We, we stop traffic is really what it is. We stop traffic. Um, and, and I get it. And is, is production at night could 100% be better. And a lot, some, some installers prefer to work at night. However, the, the downside of that is the wear and tear on your body, on your sleep schedule, on your mental, when you, when you transition from day to night, day to night, day to night, um, your crews get sick more, right? They are less likely to be motivated the following night, the following week. Production goes down, you know, between 15 and 20% um, on projects that you're fitting in. Well, you can't just run down the store at 2 a.m. and grab an extra bag of patch, too. right? And you can't, like, your trial notches wore out. The concrete was a little bit rougher than normal concrete. Still good enough for a 5-millimeter LVT, for example, and it wore through your trial and it's 2 a.m. Like <laughs> even Home Depot ain't open then, man, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so there's a lot of limiting factors that, and plus you got to remember risk. I mean, people getting hurt or injured on the job site at night, the risk is higher, but also the to um, help them <laughs> at 2 a.m. versus two in the clock in the afternoon if, if they cut themselves pretty severely or something is it's just, everything's more difficult. So I know at two so, o'clock in the morning, when somebody gets hurt, I'm going to want to take them because I don't want to be at work at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm your ride. I'm your ride, dude. I'm your ride. <laughs> He's lying. I got hurt at that time before and I had to drive myself. <laughs> that's, <also true. laughs> well, that's a true story, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. my brother's like, dude, Look how much stuff we have to do, and you're doing dumb stuff like that. Why don't you just duct tape? Go and let me know. I did. I taped it up, and then I went to went to the urgent care, and then they took it off. Said, "Oh yeah, we can't do nothing with that." And then taped it up worse than I had it taped up. So I should just put <laughs> my tape on there. Man, that was a that was a weird project. We were actually working with someone who made national headlines in a very bad way, but um, that was a yeah. He just gouged his whole arm. There was nothing. If they stitched it, it would have ripped the first time he bent his arm. I was like, dude, how did you do that? So what'd they do? I'm sorry, I'm going off topic. What I'm curious, what, what had to be done to fix your arm? Because it's clearly Nothing. better. They just, just pack it full of... Yeah. Uh, full Put gauze of... on it and then wrap it up. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember I wrote a uh, one of the articles about safety. I wrote about a time a guy had a four-inch scraper blade in the back of his pocket and he, he just had this really bad habit of sticking it blade up in his oh. back pocket 
brand new blade, reached back, thought the yin was the yang, and slit himself mm. across his wrist, and he bled like a stuffed hog, man, everywhere. This was a day job, so we got him in the hospital just fine, but he was... Um, so safety first, folks. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, but it does complicate, uh, to the point, it does complicate stuff in the evening, especially really late. So working at nights can be difficult. But getting back on the topic of, you know, setting yourself, setting your installer, your installation, your project up for success is about, if you do know that, if you know it ahead of time long enough so the sleep schedule can change and you can put some other um, you know, our, our rule is you got to have somebody available. So if you're working a weekend or a night, someone in our company, in our office needs to be alert on alert installation manager or project manager, knowing that you're doing that. And, uh, you know, don't have your phone on silent because yeah. you may be needed. And, and that, that is one thing too. Like if we have a night project going on and like when he was in the field and I was in the office, I couldn't sleep at night because I always felt like if I got comfortable, went to sleep, something was going to happen. They were going to need something. Um, and I, I have made myself available to grab some, come to the warehouse, grab it, get it out to the job site um, and make sure that the guys can keep plugging along. That's uh, it has happened and it will, it will happen again. I know it. Yeah. I mean, it's part of, part of the business a bit, but if you do know it, again, it goes back to communication and planning. And that's kind of our mantra for this year at the flooring company is like proper planning, know the job in and out as a project manager, understand all the details, or at least you've built out the project file in a way that you can easily go back and refresh yourself on the details and, you know, know what know what your guys are doing when they're on site and try to set them up for the best to keep them installing in a safe manner as best as we can possibly do it's um makes for happier team overall i mean the installer's happier when they're producing and we're happier when they're producing and we're also happier um you know when things are going well and so I call it time investment because you're going to spend that time anyway at the end of the job or if you're having to run stuff out or take phone calls or or go go out to the job site to figure something out because you didn't properly plan on the front side. If you invent, you, you can save so much time if you just invest it. It's just like investing your money. Uh, that That concept to me is always kind of stuck and it's, you know, you can spend your money and it's gone forever, or you can invest your money and let it build on itself. It's the same thing with your time. If you invest it on the front side, properly planning for your projects, you're going to have better success. Jobs going to go smoother and you're going to save time in the long run. Um, none of us are perfect at it. You know, I know some of our guys watch the podcast, so I'm transparent that we're not perfect, but we try really hard to, to set the guys up for success. Oh, that's one of the reasons for the podcast too, is so we can learn as well. Yeah. Amen. Dang, crotty. Oh, I haven't even checked. <laughs> okay, so I want to um, remind everybody that Monday is the last day for the Sim Scholarship. That is the last day to apply. If you're watching this, 
I probably should have put that at the beginning for the guys who watch like three minutes of our of our uh, videos on YouTube. Uh, but last day is Monday. I believe the 15th or 18th is it 15th that we we actually named the uh, who, who won it. So for the Sim scholarship, make sure that you if you want to apply, please apply between now and the end of the day, Monday. I again will say how good that training is. We're trying to set up a three days to sim up in our Kansas City location. Uh, you know, here in the next few months, been working with a FCAICA to put all the parts and pieces together on that. So we clearly believe in it. And I hope that you guys will take advantage of that. It's almost a sixteen hundred dollar value and it's a fantastic course. So right. and a lot of what we're talking about on this podcast today is actually presented in that program it's its own module almost yeah yeah it is and um another announcement is just to remind everybody as i started the podcast uh, i will be up in michigan with at preferred flooring's office on monday and tuesday of next week we're going to be shooting the podcast from there live yep. so uh join us and then Monday, we're going to be doing a, you know, installer roundtable, so to speak. Uh, we call it several different things, but it's come speak your mind. The idea here is we're building a piece of technology for the industry that's getting widely adopted by manufacturers, by large flooring contractors, um, all the way through to the training entities. And we want to hear from you. We're not just trying to build something. I, I, I have teamed up with with guys like uh, Daniel and Jose on the intricacies that are needed in this uh, application. Uh, early on, I, I used my knowledge of being everything from an employee installer to a subcontractor and then, uh, you know, starting my own flooring company and, and that whole uh, swath of uh, experience kind of got it going. And then I've talked to, gosh, hundreds of companies probably by now and so we're trying to make it work for both sides. And and when I say both sides, this is not um, against each other, just the companies and the installers to make sure that it's as fruitful and uh, useful and, and gives you the well, most value possible. And it starts with the installer. We know that the network is has to be healthy. You guys have to... Uh, really want to use Go Carrera and the reasons behind that. And we want to hear the reasons why you like it. And we want to really hear the reasons why you don't like it or why you uh, don't use it currently or any of the stuff. Maybe maybe you haven't signed up yet. And we, we've met four or five times at a conference. Why? And what do you see? Is it is the value not there? those kinds of things. So we're going to be talking about all that. Um, come voice your opinion. Uh, we we also uh, like to share what the installation community is saying to the powers to be, meaning the manufacturers, you know, that set a lot of the rules, the training entities. When our, our network talks, people can listen. We're pretty strong. It's a large network. And the more of us there are, the more our voices are going to be heard. Right. And none of us have any issues going up to these people in it and explaining to them, you know, the feedback that we're getting 
because we have that same feedback to them too, right? It's like, mm -hmm. if I don't like something, I go to a manufacturer and I'm like, I don't use you because this is why. I'm not, I'm, we're not the ones that are like, well, this is a crap product. I'm never going to use this again and just not say anything. It's when we go to these conventions, we go up to, you know, some of these manufacturers and they're like, hey, have you tried this product? Yeah. And we don't like it. And this yeah. is why. And this is why. And we've done videos. We, we, um, it's the same thing with 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 the the GoCurrent platform, right? Like it's going to evolve and it's going to continue to evolve. Same way products are out there to become installer friendly. That's why they become so installer friendly that they label them uh, DIY. Is because of the evolution of it, and and that's I think that's what we're trying to do here. Is we're, we're we're trying to advocate for the industry, more importantly, advocate for the installer and put the installer on a platform that was never there. <laughs> for them and 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 that's what's awesome about what you guys have created so kudos to you paul like that's yeah amazing. i mean a lot of the conversations that we've been having with you know the higher ups so to speak or um like some of the installer groups that that have been getting together it's all these questions become are, are getting asked and it's like how do we fix this how do we fix that and it's like you know me and him have been talking to you for so long and have been using the program and it's like if everyone just starts getting together and signing up it's like this could actually fix a lot of the problems that are in the industry yeah it, create a community is what it is that, right that's what we're doing is uh, i was gonna say that we're we're creating a community where our voices matter and we can go and make positive change for the installing community the thing is how often you know we we have a couple of magazines uh you know that are out there that are really focused on the installer. But if you look at the overall publications across the network, if they're not talking about the labor shortage and, and that kind of thing, how often is the concerns and the, the things that we want to see changed as the installation community brought up in these publications? Well, that's what we want to bring to the forefront to the, the people that can probably make the change, or at least they're going to hear from us. And if they don't make the change, the more the more growth that the network and the community has, the bigger our voice is together. So I encourage you to join us. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have some food and drinks and and sit around. It's going to be uh, kind of like a fireside chat, I guess, would be the best way to describe it um, there at Preferred Flooring's office. So. And, and and you well, you can stop by and get autographs because my brother's been putting another magazine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my that man. One, that one's a local one this time. This is this is our our local chamber magazine. Oh, that's cool. Congrats, bro. That's we're we're often humbled when we we get in those things, but it's still it's really cool. So, uh Again, if you cannot join in person, and I know that not everybody's right there around Michigan to come up and join us, this could work across the nation. If you're watching this, send us an email, support at gocarrera.com, and just in the subject line, put GC Meetup for Go Carrera Meetup, and we'll get you a link, and you can join uh, via Zoom. I'd love to see the Zoom just packed in the room packed and us have a really meaningful discussion yeah so. well, i would love to see that as well we have a lot of local flooring uh, guys that, that we know personally some that we know their names uh but it, it would be nice to um 
put a face behind a name. It'd be nice to to see meet face to face uh, and with a handshake or or even uh, uh, see each other again. Yeah. Right. That that'd be nice. Awesome. Yeah, and I'd love to meet everybody up there. So hope to see you. And uh, with that, any closing remarks on, you know, setting yeah. up the the projects? It's always you're always going to have to explain yourself to installers more than once it becomes redundant, but you got to do it. And then they'll still call you asking you the same <laughs> questions again. So you just have to kind of get used to explaining it, putting it on paper, putting it in messages and then explaining it again, because I don't know that a lot of people don't do stuff like this. So I was guilty of it, dude. I mean, I was guilty when I installed as a sub, I'd be, you get problem with paperwork orders is they get lost and uh, <laughs> I'd lose those doggone things. Or if I took notes and lost that paperwork, it's, it's like, you know, the redundancies are good having, you know, as text messaging, I'm get I'm dating myself here, but when text messaging started coming around and, and all that stuff, we, we were sending work orders with pictures and stuff on text messages and reiterating in the text message and, you know, whatever it took. And the, the biggest thing is growing with that technology, right? Because once it came out, that was the best way. And then, you know, more emails, like people started emailing everything. And then it came to a point where it's like, did you email me? Did you text me? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like I'm searching everywhere and I now, can't find it. Now it's to a point where you're like, okay, I know he emailed, text me or messaged me on some platform. Let me find it. So yeah. make sure that uh, you keep your communication sensory located. And uh, I will add to what Daniel is saying too, and, and goes back to the beginning of the conversation. Um, start creating your, your template, right? Like uh, from an installer perspective, all the way to a salesperson, Make sure if they don't even have it for you, make sure you're starting to create your uh, your every project to-do list, right? So that way you're doing the same things in systematic order. So that way, for one, it becomes second nature. For two, now you're documenting and, and recording your, your processes and procedures, um, even if you are just installing. Then you, if something gets missed, you'll know right away at a glance instead of like, oh, I forgot to call, I forgot to check forgot about that you'll know amen awesome yeah and and you know um if we have some time on monday i'll do a, a the installer side kind of demo of go career and show you how that communication could be kept on a chat accompanied with the work order for the eternity of the job uh, a lot of guys appreciate that when they have problems on job sites or they have you know additional prep and they throw it in the chat and and um, if you work by the by the hour, we've just released the work orders to be able to work for employee installers. And mm -hmm. I'll show you guys that when I'm there on Monday. Uh, yes. I fly. I'll be up in in uh, your neck of the woods late Sunday, and I'll see you guys Monday morning. All right, sounds good. We'll see ya. All right, we're out. Have a good one. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, you guys. Bye.